Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Welcome, everybody, to The Missing Chapter. I'm Phil Schaff here with Phil Horner. Phil, we have a very, very special guest and guests here today on The Missing Chapter. It's our hometown history winners with Mrs. McKinney's class from Lincoln, California. Right. Right before we went on vacation, I want to remind all of our listeners, we introduced what was the hometown history portion of the podcast. And the idea here was it's always been our mission statement to get listeners interested in history more specifically interested in history of their communities, the states, the towns, the villages they live in. We had a ton of people reach out. It was a lot of fun to kind of go through and read everyone's story. There was one, one in particular that really stood out to us, and that's Mrs. McKinney in her fifth uh, period class here today. We are excited. We've been, this has been a lot of work in progress. Yes, we, we can tell. Uh, we did a little intro with the class a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. It was crazy. Everyone in my household was sick. Everybody in Mr. Horner's uh, household was sick. So we had to kind of go off the cuff here. The kids were fantastic. Mrs. McKinney was was fantastic as well. Everyone's prepped, excited, ready to go. And I will point out, they keep referring to themselves as the fun fifth period class, which we love, which we love. And I want to say what stood out to us was not only the story itself, because the story is, is interesting it's intriguing. It's exciting. I think it kind of even falls into the the Missing Chapter podcast um, mystery oh, yeah, that we introduced does. a couple of weeks ago. But it was really, too, Mrs. McKinney, her, her love for teaching, her love for history, and the effect she's having on her class. So the fact that we're able to have some of her students here with us today is really an added bonus. So class, Mrs. McKinney, welcome to the Missing Chapter. Take it away. I'm Mrs. McKinney, and I'll tell you a little bit about my hometown. I uh, live in the brush town of Auburn, California. It's located in the Phoenix Sierra Nevada foothills. It's not huge, and it's not tiny either. We have a population of about 14,000 people. And to give you perspective, it was a town right in the middle of the gold rush, 13 miles north of Roma where gold was first discovered at Sutter's Mill. And it's about 35 miles from Sutter's Fort in downtown Sacramento, which is where like the action was um, during that That's fantastic. I think most people, when they hear Sutter's Mill in particular, you know, that that's the connection they look for with, with gold discovery in California. And um, the idea that it's not just gold, but it's the people looking for the gold, it's their motives. It's what it's doing to Western expansion in the United States. There's so many different pieces to this. And I feel like your story does a really good job of bringing all of that together. Thank you. Um, you know, when I thought about, I think about your podcast and how you find something that's not usually found in the history textbooks. Kids learn about California history in fourth grade in California. And I think that the gold rush looks rather glamorous in their textbooks, but I think that it was more of like a free-for-all. And it um, 
encouraged some really bad behavior. And I found this quote from actually from my college, um, California history textbook, um, Hinton Rowan Helper's book. It's called The Land of Gold, Reality Versus Fiction. And I think this really just sums up the gold rush. Quote, we know of no country on earth in which there is so much corruption, villainy, outlawry, intemperance, licentiousness, and every variety of crime, folly, and meanness. Words fail to express the shameful depravity and unexampled turpitude of California society. I just think your, your gold miners were just crazed to strike it rich, and not very many people had that chance. Really, in reality, not many people struck it rich, and um, they were so crazy. They, they literally destroyed mountains with explosives and hydraulic mining, and they just pushed the limits of reason to survive. They, these were some desperate people, which gives rise to the person we're going to tell you about today. Well, I think to interject there, Don, I think uh, you do a great job of setting the scene because I think sometimes through the history textbooks, and that's one of the reasons why we like, you know, doing this job, uh, which isn't just a job. It's, I mean, we, we love doing this, but one of the reasons why we do the podcast is we, we always see sometimes a glamorized view of history sometimes, and people maybe shy away from some of the uh, not so glamorous. And I mean, the gold rush, you have this vision in your mind of everyone striking it rich. This is the, you know, what you see, it's the quintessential move West, find your gold, get wealthy. And as you're pointing out, 100% not the case for everybody. Right. And um, what might be kind of unusual is that I have actually met, even though the, the gold rush happened in the 1800s, I have actually met this character we're going to talk about today. Because one really cool tradition um, in my hometown of Auburn is that every around Halloween every year, there's a, a Old Town Auburn ghost tour. And this is one of those events that sells out like faster than they announce it. And you get to go and tour Old Town. They put little luminaries for the streets and you go at night and you meet some uh, of the real bad guys of, of the gold rush. And this is where I met our character we're going to tell you about. I don't know what could grab listeners better than what you've just laid out for everyone. With Between the quote and the ghost tour setting the scene, I think most people listening at home are probably ready to hear this story, Don. And I, I know our listeners can't see this right now, but from our end, we can see some very excited uh, students behind you uh, right now that are waving into the camera as well. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Richard Barter was born in Quebec, Canada in 1833. His father was a British Army officer. The word that comes up to describe him as a child is reckless. He immigrated to America when he was 17 in 1850. With his brother, sister, and cousin, they traveled by wagon train to Corvallis, Oregon. Barter soon joined the gold rush with his brother and cousin in order to make their fortunes and financially take care of his sister. They went to a mining camp at Rattlesnake Bar on the North Fork of the American River near Auburn. They couldn't stake their own gold claim, so they had to work for other miners doing odd jobs for cash. His brother and cousin gave up and went back to Oregon, but Barter stayed, hoping to strike it rich like every other miner. 
Because of his stubbornness and determination, it is said that the old timer, commenting on his confidence, said, quote, good for you, rattlesnake dick, end quote. And this is the name that would become legendary in both countries. Within four years of moving to California, Rattlesnake Dick's earliest crimes include stealing clothes in June of 1854 and stealing meals on, on September and November of 1854. He was found not guilty of stealing the clothes, but was but he was convicted for stealing a meal and was sentenced to San Quentin State Prison north of San Francisco for grand larceny. He is he entered the prison on December 20th, 1854, at the age of 20, and will remain there for a year. A recent California Department of Corrections Unlocking History article explained that during the mid-1850s, they didn't separate the young first offenders in Harding County. Classification of prisoners didn't become a standard practice until the early 1900s. The article describes that rather than separation, Richard Barter's life might have ended up differently. But as fate would have it, he met Tom Bell, a gang leader who had a bad influence on Barter and turned him into the Gold Country's ultimate outlaw. Some people dispute that Tom Bell was ever in San Quentin with Richard Barter because there is no definitive way to prove he was there. Fingerprinting was not used until later in the 1900s, and taking mugshots of criminals was not standardized until the 1880s. It is also a common practice for prisoners to give false information about themselves. After leaving San Quentin State Prison, Rattlesnake Dick moved to Prospect County for a fresh start, making an honest living and changed his name to Dick Ward. When someone from Folsom eventually recognized him and told everyone Rattlesnake Dick was a bad guy, he truly learned a life of crime. Dick was explained, quote, I can sit up no longer. I've been driven to it. Here I find a man who presents everyone else as he presents me. End quote. He joined Tom Bell's gang, which committed crimes of horse theft, robberies, and murder throughout mining country. Historians claim this gang committed their first stagecoach robbery in the West on August 11, 1856, in Marysville. The robbery was not successful, and even worse, an innocent woman was killed. Posses were formed to track down the gang, and Tom Bell was hanged by a vigilante group. Rattlesnake Dick took over as gang leader. He went on to terrorize the Sierra Nevada foothills from 1856 to 1859, scoring for many horse thefts, multiple stagecoach robberies, the burglary of a Wells Fargo safe, and even a murder in Butte County was it accomplished under the alias quote, George Lynch, end quote. These crimes earned him the nickname, quote, Pirate of the Passers, end quote. Huge rewards were offered for Rattlesnake Dick's capture. He evaded arrests, and, and it is said that he broke out of nearly every jail cell in Northern California. Rattlesnake Dick developed a rivalry with Placer County Sheriff John Craig Boggs, who repeatedly arrested him. Even though Rattlesnake Dick was constantly able to outsmart the law, he vowed to kill Sheriff Boggs as revenge. In 1858, Rattlesnake Dick was charged with, the, with assault with the intent to commit murder when he staked out Sheriff Boggs' house and left a frightening note saying to avenge his capture. Rattlesnake Dick's most legendary crime was the Trinity Mountain Express robbery in 1856. The story goes that he overheard a conversation about gold bullion being shipped from the Wairika and Klamath mines down the Trinity Mountain via Wells Fargo mule trail. Rattlesnake Dick's strategy was to split up the gang to pull off the robbery. 
four gang members were curled up in the air trying to steal the gold, while he and another gang member would go back to the office to steal some unmarked mules to help them get away with the gold. While the gang was um, was able to successfully steal $80,600 worth of gold, plans went awry. Rattlesnake, Dick, and his buddy were caught in Auburn and jailed for trying to steal the mules. The gang missed a rendezvous, so in desperation, the four gang members who had stolen the gold took what they could carry, around $40,600, and buried it in Gary to the remaining 40000 of the gold to come back later and get it. Plan goes further awry when the four gang members are riding to Auburn and end up in a shootout with a Wells Fargo posse just out of, outside of town. The $40,600 in gold they were carrying was taken back by the law. The gang member who buried the other $40,000 was killed in a shootout, taking the location of the buried treasure to his grave, hiding it even from Rattlesnake Dick and the remaining gang, mem gang members who tried to find it but were never successful. They said the gold was in the grave and the police around Most of these homes and casinos took the gold in Sixteen Mountains near Redding, where other retellings say that the gold was near Nevada City or in, or between Auburn and Folsom, where the historic Mountaineer Palace is located. Another place the gold was far away is British Columbia. There are also disagreements about the robbery itself. Some accounts say that the robbery of the gold vessel was only worth two hundred dollars. Some say that the missing gold has been recovered. Some say that the two gang members who were arrested never indicated that the gold was that he was never part of it. However, back in those days, it was common conduct for outlaws not to lie. Rattlesnake Dick met his untimely end when he was 26 on July 11, 1859, in a shootout near the Auburn Railroad Station. He and a companion shot and killed the sheriff, and Rattlesnake Dick took two bullets in his chest in return. The next morning, Rattlesnake Dick was found dead by a, by a stagecoach passing by the Junction House, which was a stagecoach stop and roadhouse along the route for miles about a mile from downtown Auburn. He had two bullet holes in his chest and one in his head. It is unknown whether his companion shot him as a threat of outlaw code to never leave a fellow outlaw to be captured by a law or whether the gunshot to the head was self-inflicted. He was found with a note in his hand that read, Quote, Rattlesnake Dick dies, but never surrenders. I thought so dead in the dirt. The scared boss is dead. I am satisfied. Unquote. Rattlesnake Dick's dying wish did not come true. However, it was another Sheriff Lewis Sprague. When Sheriff Boggs left on June 1909, another letter was found in Rattlesnake Dick's pocket. The missile stood up, said, quote, God knows that there is a secret wish within you to be a better man. Unquote. Perhaps Rattlesnake Dick regretted his life this time or wished to say something different. Continues to capture people's imaginations to this day. Even though people disagree about the extent of his crimes and whether they still care for their crimes, at least Rattlesnake Dick has inspired our imagination to find people to dig through historical documents hoping to reveal more of the truth about Rattlesnake Dick's life. Today, in downtown Auburn, Sprague can find a plaque commemorating the legendary Richard Boggs, also known as Rattlesnake Dick. Ironically placed right next to the Palace of Sheriff Boggs. 
Market Park Park is often considered one of the top 10 ballparks at the Old West, totally separated from Bank July 11, 1859. Quote, the pirate of the Pacific, unquote, masterminded the biggest robbery in Wells Fargo Bank history. Wow. That was okay. fantastic. First off, I, I think we need to say what a fantastic job you guys did retelling that story. And number two, we have to say what a tremendous story that is. I mean, we uh, when we started this podcast, it was about you know the mission statement of bringing fun historic stories to the listeners and getting them interested about history. And I think your story it, it does that entirely. When we think of California here in New York, we think of Hollywood. We think of Hollywood. And I think this story has everything. You have the villain, you have the action, you have the police chases, you have the sheriff who's looking for the criminal, you have the missing treasure. So I think this this just totally encompassed everything we were looking for in this episode and in this uh, this contest, but really everything that we try to do with the Missing Chapter podcast. So this was fantastic. Now, we have a lot of listeners who love their history, and I know some of our uh, listeners are teachers, like yourself included. Can I just say... From, from outside of history, just from a teaching perspective, you guys did an incredible job. Can you hear the applause in the background? Like people are in their Amazing. cars right now listening to this episode Amazing. applauding all of you. Yep. So well done, everybody. Yeah. I can see why this is the fun fifth period. You know what? I am really, really lucky. Every day I get to come to fifth period and have these great kids. And man, they tease me a lot. And they're, they're sharp as well. So I have to ask I have to ask you a big question here. My question is there are conflicting reports, people have their own theories and ideas. What's the consensus in Mrs. McKinney's class? Does the treasure exist? Is it still lost and unfound somewhere either in California or Oregon? What do you guys think? We're going with still lost. Still it. lost. So listen, is it lost or is it yet to be found? Oh, okay. So raise your hand if you've already started searching. Oh, <laughs> we got a bunch of hands up. All right. Over winter break, strike it rich. That's it. That's it. That can be the follow-up episode. Now, what I think is also very, very interesting, I'm going to throw some questions at you here too. Number one, I noticed, um, I hope I pronounced your name right. And if I, if I don't pronounce it right, please, please correct me. Kalea? Hey, you did a great job. And Clea mentioned that on December 20th, 1854, I mean, we're recording this for the listeners. Uh, we're recording this on December 21st. I think it's awesome that we are talking about this right around the same time of year, which was very ironic. We didn't plan that, um, did we, Ms. McKinney? But I, I think that was the part where it was like, okay, that's really cool in and of itself. But I'm telling you, I didn't realize he was that young. So when you shared this story, I thought we were talking someone and he was only 20 years old. When all this happened, what I found was super fun in researching this was that the California Department of Corrections used this guy as like an example to say, hey, you know, we need to break up these hardened criminals and these youthful kids. We can't have them in prison together because that Tom Bell guy supposedly had a really bad influence on um, on our friends. Um, and changed his life. I, I love how you commemorate both major role players 
uh, with your tiles, both Richard Barter and it's directly next to Sheriff Boggs. I have to wonder how Rattlesnake Dick would have enjoyed having his his piece of memory right next to the man that he despised and the man who was trying to bring his crime spree to an end. I don't know. Some One of my friends in Auburn said it best, and, and they said, hey, Auburn sure loves its bad guys. You know, if you're going to put the bad guy right next to, like, the infamous sheriff, then, yeah. That's a pretty cool thing. Well, I think this whole thing is fantastic. I think, you know, if you live in Auburn, I mean, this is a story, essentially, people grow up hearing. I mean, it, you mentioned the ghost tours. Um, did you guys hear about this story and, and this lore before you came to Miss uh, McKinney's class? Okay. We didn't, we didn't really know a lot about the gold rush, and that was... They all said, Mrs. McKinney, that was COVID. We were, we were in fourth grade and COVID. So they, they didn't have a lot of gold rush background. Now, I'm also looking through my notes and I can't find exactly where the spot was. But I, I just, I guess my question is, there was a part where he, he was saying, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write some of my wrongs. I'm going to, I'm going to go lead a life of, of servitude. And I'm actually going to, to, uh, to live in with some sort of character for the rest of my life. But then he was, he was found. They recognized him and then his life turned even worse. Do you think that if he had not been caught, that he would have continued his life, uh, for good? not committed all those crimes he said i think he would have probably lived a better life if somebody hadn't pointed him out and said hey this is a bad guy yeah i agree that's a great point if they had pointed him out and said hey and, and didn't know anything about his background or didn't bring up the fact that he had been associated with you know some of these rumors essentially um yeah maybe he hadn't he wouldn't have turned toward a life of crime that really defined who he was from that point on so here's another question for you guys um, is this, so obviously some of you didn't know this story coming in uh, and we could all blame COVID for a lot of things, but is this a, is this a story for Californians? Do a lot of people know about this or is this a, a very local, like condensed, uh, history? I bet you this is a, Mrs. McKinney knew this story and shared it with her class. That's for sure. You guys hadn't heard about him before, have you? A few people, maybe. Okay. Now, Mrs. McKinney, not only do people of Auburn and your class know about this, but all of our listeners know about it. Um, I'm happy to say and proud to say we have we have listeners in over 70 different countries, guys. So they're hearing the story of your hometown of Auburn, California. Now the name Rattles, Rattlesnake Dick, I mean, people are going to be Googling. They're going to be doing additional research on. That's kind of exciting. And that's pretty cool. And that was that was the result of your teacher taking the initiative to reach out to us and then you guys doing all of that work and all of that preparation um, to bring the story to all of us. And I think that's admirable. You guys did a fantastic job. Thank you. Everybody hey, something that? else we, we noticed uh, in California, California is our second most listened to state uh, apart from New York, of course, because we're, we're in New York, but there are over 120 cities that listen to the missing chapter in California and Lincoln is number 32. So I'm going. I'm going to make a. I'm going to make a wager here, and I. I bet 
after wager, this episode, maybe a challenge, a too. challenge that Lincoln is going to move up the list after this episode. What do you think? Awesome. So if we go, if we go off script here a little bit, could I ask any brave students to walk up to the mic and tell us what was the, the most fun part of this project? What was the best part of this project? And make sure you let us know your names as you walk up. was when you guys asked um, what podcast you want us to do. Wow. Holden, that's awesome, yeah. man. That, that's really flattering, Holden. Thank you, buddy. My name is Perry, and I thought the same thing as Holden. I thought it was pretty cool meeting you guys, because I've never heard about you guys until I went to Mr. King's. Cool. Well, it was, it was nice awesome, meeting man. you guys, too. It means a lot. My kids would appreciate that. Same here. So was mine. My favorite part was probably like reading it because like I know I'm going to be on a podcast and that seems like a very cool experience. Yes, it is. Um, I'm Sweetum and I think that it's really cool to be had this opportunity to kind of like let other people around like America like know know about Lincoln and our history. It's awesome. Love it. I'm going to ever be the teacher. And we've got about five more minutes of this period. So is there, I know they want to do the ending. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I know probably everyone um, is excited to, to hear your, everyone loves hearing their voice, you know, back to them. I, that, that was one of the things we really had to get used to. But we would love it. I don't think this will take too long. Do you guys each just want to come up and just introduce yourselves to us and, and we'll get your first and last name and that way we can make sure everyone gets recognized on this episode? Would that be okay? I'm Sweetum. I'm Holden. I'm Perry. I'm Marissa. I'm Kalea. I'm Mia. I'm Maddie. I'm Kilo. I'm Elias. I'm Britton. I'm Jake. I'm Andrew. I'm Parker. I'm Harper. I'm Lamar. I'm Gibbs. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Everybody say thank you. And that right there is how you do a podcast, kids. Amazing. Well, well, well done. done. Holy cow. Hey, yeah, you guys should be proud. That, that was really good. Hey, I, I do want to mention before the bell rings and before you guys go to your next class. So we have something for you guys that we'll be sending your way. So Mrs. McKinney, we're going to need to, the school's address. You will officially be getting a certificate that you guys can hang up anywhere you want. Um, and we'll be giving you something for winning the contest, Mrs. McKinney, which we won't uh, spoil for you right now, but the certificate says it's awarded to Don McKinney in her fun fifth period class from Lincoln, California for their outstanding effort in storytelling in the hometown history contest. Your passion for your hometown is inspirational and admirable. Thank you for your partnership in helping keep history alive. Awesome job. You guys, everybody. Thank you thank so you. much. You're always welcome back in the missing chapter. Thank you for joining us until next time. I'm Phil Horander. I'm Phil Schaff.